anchoring points for today's session to get us in the right frame of mind. The le five levels of listening. When I started realizing um, and knowing you to be able to trust. <laughs> and and it's, it's time for the weird yeah, from the age of eight. That's something external. And you have to learn the lessons of And you have to have a selected few, few people. If you're going to cry, just. If you're going so to cry, cry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and share it with someone in a vulnerable place. Super grateful to have my guest on. Welcome to everyone again for the second time. But now that makes no sense if you're listening to it for the first time. <laughs> um, welcome to Men to Be on a Monday, 9 p.m. If you ever want to jump in, if you're listening on back on the podcast, you want to jump in live, see our faces, add some questions in the chat for us to answer so you can hear yourself. Your own questions being answered on the next uh, podcast that gets released, then you know where to find us YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch as well as Instagram Live. So we're, we're literally everywhere. We're um, like a hot rat. ta -da! Welcome again for the second time. I kind of need to stop saying that. Because <laughs> now people are watching, it's, you know, you've got, we're juggling two audiences. We're juggling people two on audiences. Instagram are like, what is going on, mate? We're also juggling people in the future as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> people who are going to be listening in the future, not listening live. So you've got the present to lots of people and then the future people as well. So... Hello, if you're in the future, everyone. This is absolutely bonkers, mate. I can't <laughs> keep up. I'm trying to go on, like, Facebook now. I'm trying to go... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my goodness. And I've got a dog barking underneath me. I mean... It's, it's madness. It's madness tonight. Um, <laughs> but for, people, for people who don't know, Barry is actually... Um, he's like... I'll, while he's concentrating on doing a couple of things, I'll give... I know a little bit about him already because, one, mental health, has gone on a journey and progression of itself. So we started on Instagram Lives and not always will they be able to be saved. So we do have a backlog of about 60 to 70 episodes on IGTV if you want to check out the original, the OG stuff. But apart from that, um, there was about 30 of them that didn't get recorded, isn't able to find. They're in the, the Instagram server somewhere that we might be able to retrieve one day, get them back. Um, but Barney has been on before, so he might feel like he's repeating himself, but no one else um, feels like that. And, um, but, but yeah, he, basically a little bit about Barney is that he does do Twitch, so he's used to streaming. He's also used to multiple cameras because he's a presenter. He does, he does everything anyway. <laughs> um, oh, right. But you take it away. I'm talking about you now when you're right here. Talk about your bloody self, mate. Dude, oh, pleasure to, to be on board once again with mental health. And uh, yeah. It's great. I get a redo, mate. People, people don't get to watch my episodes. This is great. I get a redo. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm Barney. Uh, I used to be a dancer alongside yourself, mate. We used to work together quite a fair bit, and we have a lot of mutual friends in that kind of sector. Um, danced uh, professionally until I was about 26, so about three years ago now. Um, and I got injured. I got back injury. That basically caused a load of a load of grief. I got it fixed, but then it just caused loads and loads of grief. Um, and so my initial plan was kind of when I hit thirty, maybe like a little bit more, depending on how the dancing was going. Uh, I was planning on um, embarking on a journey or a career path as a presenter. Didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. Just like entertainment, let's just go with that. Ryan Seacrest, English version. 
that's what we're going to aim for. Yeah, yeah. So you had, you had sort, of, sort of like at least an image of what you were maybe potentially attaining to. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Um, and obviously, well, not obviously, uh, to people that don't know me um, that closely, I think that there's always been a massive part of me that's been really into video games. Um, and that was always just like a side side note. So I had to embark on the career path as a presenter early on because of my injury. Plugged away, plugged away, plugged away for years. Radio stations. I had did a radio show for a bit. Did a few entertainment gigs. Did some stuff with E. It never really clicked. And um, although amazing experiences in themselves, it was never really something that I thought, "Oh, this is the one." Uh, until I heard that esports and gaming was having such a massive impact in the in the world of like hosting and events, and they're having these huge tournaments. And I didn't really know about it. And as soon as I caught wind of you know, people are having careers as presenters in the gaming industry and hosting for tournaments, you know, in FIFA, Fortnite, Call of Duty and stuff like that. I was like, that is 100% what I'm going for. Um, and then it took me two years of knocking on doors, emailing, showing up at like agencies, literally just showing up, just just try and talk to someone. Because I didn't know anyone. The fortunate side of being in the dance industry of going from you know, going to open auditions and stuff, you develop and you make contacts and you know people and then so on and so forth. In esports or gaming, it's like a brick wall. It's just a straight brick wall. Like you don't know people in the gaming industry or the esports industry. Getting your foot in that door is almost impossible. Um, but yeah, it took me two years. Someone took a chance on me. And then, yeah, I did. Uh, I was the host for Clash of Clans for the World Championships last year, which is a mobile game, if you don't know, a tactical cartoon version of Apex, uh, of um, Age of Empires is how I basically describe it to people. Build an army, attack someone else's base. Yeah. Um, so did you, I, I remember you saying before that the, um, the struggle was, even, even if you had the skill set, like you were a really good presenter, tried and tested, just like any industry, it can be quite frustrating because, um, they wanted someone with like a historical background in esports, like as a, as a competitor, yeah. like like they've got a pedigree of gaming. So, so so it kind of like worked in tandem. You had to like build up your fact that you can play games a bit as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and a bit. Yeah, which I wasn't actually adverse to because obviously big, playing games, recording it, making videos, and sending it off to somewhere. I, I obviously was like, I'm happy to. Yeah, I'll show you how good I am at X, Y, and Z at these games. But yeah, like you said, if you're in the traditional world of presenting, um, weirdly enough, esports falls into the category of like sports and entertainment meshed into one. So you'd think that someone that has experience in radio or in live shows or, you know, TV or something like that would have a leg up to be able to then get into that space. When actually it's, it almost goes against you because people consider you not being, uh, you know, grassroots gaming and it's a very protected industry and an industry that people protect that a few people very feel very protective over that are in the industry because they've made it from the ground up and yeah. no outsiders is how i feel yeah 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 anyone, anyone that's made it in the gaming industry is literally just made it from their bedroom right yeah they've been either like a <laughs> pro player in that game and then decided to stop playing that game professionally and then have gone forward into um into like hosting or, you know, becoming a director or becoming a producer within the gaming industry. Um, or um, it's, yeah, actually it's someone that's either a pro player or a YouTuber who has yeah. 500,000 subscribers on YouTube, 
cool, let's get them in the front of a live audience. And nine times out of 10, that goes south because they're used to sitting in front of a webcam in their, in their flat. Um, and then you put them in front of 10,000 people in an arena. I mean, some of these tournaments, we're talking 80,000 seat stadiums uh, in Korea, especially when they do like uh, League of Legends and stuff like that. It's enormous, like some of the, the scale and the money involved as well. Like some of these people are like 16 years old and they're winning like $5 million in, over a weekend. And you're just like, like, it's madness. So that's the kind of industry that I want to be in and have been in now for the past, I'd say properly for the past year. Since December 2019 was my first proper esports gig production company in like a, a big kind of, yeah, in an, an arena in itself. It wasn't a live audience arena, but it was in like a professional arena. And it was for a company called ESL, who are the esports league and cool. yeah that's been nice. awesome man and you're a little bit of a gamer you dabble a little bit we've had uh, conversations yeah, about i don't it. know i don't know i used to back in the back in the day i i i say i want to find time to get back into it i've got all the time in my hands now it's just yeah i don't know it's, <laughs> a, it's just habits you make for yourself isn't it it's, it's habitual with it, with any behavior um yeah. i have got a, sw a switch and i just never find my time to I don't know. I, do, I just don't know what, what kind of games I like anymore. I think that's the problem. <laughs> I don't know what kind of games I like. I, I, well, I, quite, I, I feel quite... like by putting, putting the brakes on there, I feel like having a Switch, you're limiting yourself anyway off the bat. <laughs> yeah. There's not a huge amount of games on that console in no. itself. So, no, yeah, maybe, maybe, it's time, maybe it's time I treat myself to the next gen Xbox or something. When it comes out. Spicy. Mate, I mean, it's out. It's out and it's there. Yeah. PlayStation 5, I mean, you'd be lucky to get hold of one, but an Xbox, yeah, you could definitely get your hands on one of those. It's easy. Yeah. I, I've always been an Xbox man, and that's convenient considering that's the only one you can get hold of at the moment. Yeah. Anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, you, uh, on mental health, you know that we're like quite, we speak a lot about passion. Yeah. And what I do actually want to, I don't think we got into it so much last time, but maybe we did. I can't remember. Um, you've done a lot of different things now. If you just quickly for anyone who's joining in later on, things have already been mentioned so far. Dancer, actor, or actor, or model, presenter, yeah. <laughs> gamer, streamer. You know, there's there's quite a lot of uh, strings to the bow in that. Respect. Yeah, yeah. How have you ever have you ever struggled with? Um, attaching like your own identity to what you do or has it always been quite 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 disattached and you just knew what you're you're just passionate person in general wow uh probably uh a mixture now i think that um the reason why i've done all those kinds of things that fall up they all actually fall under a similar bracket or the same bracket let's just say let's call, let's call it entertainment Oh, so, attention-seeking. Hey, there we go. You should see how many lights I've got on right now. <laughs> no, but I'm, 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 I'm putting myself under the same bracket. I mean, like, like, I started dancing when I was five. I, when, now, the further I look back at it, it's like you just wanted to be eyes on, eyes on me as a little kid, probably. <laughs> I mean, I, but this, this was the thing. I think this is what pissed off a lot of people in the dance industry when I actually came into the dance industry was that I was such a newbie to everything. My first ever dance class, I was 17 years old. And to everything, it was like a tidal wave of, oh my God, what have I been missing out on? So my whole 17 till 21, those four years spent worth, in my mind, spent catching up, like let's play catch up. So that by the time I'm 21, by the time I finished uni and I'm going to start auditioning for jobs, um, I'm 
at least trying to be on the same level as people that have been dancing since they were five. So that's, uh, and that was obviously putting a lot of pressure on myself, my body, ultimately, my back gave in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, caught up with me there. Um, but yeah, I think dancer, like uh, dancer and model, hand in hand, you find loads of dancers that model like in our industry. It was just fortunate enough that I'm six foot two and that just kind of lent a helping hand. Um, videography literally came into the path of like what I do literally purely because someone said that I had to go and get a showreel for something. And I just said, why can't I make it myself? And they were like, well, you can, but we have someone that we use. And I was like, nah, I'm going to go buy a camera and I'm going to do it myself. And they were like, okay. So, and then that spiraled into, can you make me a showreel? And can you make me a showreel? And, and then now it's kind of become, I've got a, enough of a portfolio to do bits of like work that's paid here and there now, which is great. So videographer kind of falls under that. And then gaming something that i've always done since i was a kid and then realizing that gaming and streaming became a it's now a profession and something that people do as a career path and then tying in the presenting thing they all link but it seems like jack of all master of fuck all yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a very loose theme there but i think i think the thing that i'm picking upon is that you're not afraid to um you know go after the industry or the interest that you love and enjoy. Like, I, 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 not chase it, but you know what I mean? As in, like, people would assume from a, maybe a traditional mindset that, you know, things like gaming or dancing is not a career, but I think you're mm -hmm. living proof of what you can make. Nowadays, we're in, we're in the sort of environment where you can make a living out of doing whatever you enjoy, right? Yeah, I think when you... Yeah, I think uh, obviously my partner is a testament to that as well. Like if you love something enough, you can create a career out of it, especially in this day and age. We're very fortunate to be in this day and age of the internet and all that kind of stuff that's going on online where you can. And and weirdly enough, all the people I went to uni with that were heading in that 100% trajectory towards the traditional career path of accountant, mm -hmm. like, you know, you name it, it's, you know, in the city kind of situation. Uh, they're all trying to, you know, do cupcakes, fitness, like all the stuff that we kind yeah, of yeah, fall yeah. into off the back of our career paths and stuff. And that's not like a negative like viewpoint of what they do. But I think that people had this weird brick wall up of can't go for what I love and what I'm passionate about as a hobby because that's too difficult. And I just kind of was like, well, so when was the moment? When was the moment when you're at uni? You can tell us like what you studied and stuff. When was the moment that you decided, you know, fuck this, <laughs> I'm gonna go be a, I'm gonna go be a dancer? And then how did, did it create any tension in in your in like pressures in your family or anything along mm. that line? I'd say like day three of uni. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the reason behind it is because my my uh, my dad was like go to uni, finish your, finish your studies and then do what you want. Because I was already nagging them about going to, I'd love to go to a dance college. Like I found this one. It's wicked. I think I showed them Erdang or something and was like, there's this dance college. I really want to go. I want to give it a shot. And my dad was just super hesitant, which like I could totally get it at the time. Obviously you're a bit miffed about it, but he, um, he was like, yeah, finish, go to uni, finish it off. And then you can do what you want. So I studied film at uni and I thought, well, if I do a film degree coming off the back of that, I still can tie that in to whatever I want to do, whether it be in the film industry or dancing or whatever. Yeah. I actually found that a massive help when I got into my first dance job and I was talking to, you know, techies, talking to the grips, talking to the, the guys that are like the DOPs. And I kind of knew 
about that. And they were like, oh, okay, like, how do you know about this? And I was like, well, I studied film, but yeah, anyway, uh, tangent, let's go back, uni. No, uh, so, yeah. no but so, so it was, is that, is that the reason why you chose to do film? So you didn't actually, you actually quite enjoyed it? I do, yeah, 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 I love film, massive, massive film buff. Uh, so I wanted to do it, and annoyingly, when I went, I went to Nottingham University, and when I went there, uh, it's a bit, it's a red brick uni, and um, the film degree there I thought was going to be way more hands-on and it was just all theoretical and film history and just so not what I'm good at and so yeah you're learning about like nickel theatres which is like the first ever like cinema that was created and, and I was like I want to get my hands on a camera and go and do something and it just wasn't that kind of degree so that's a bit frustrating so yeah from day three found out that Nottingham Uni had a dance society and was like right and almost all my attention went on that as opposed to my degree so my attention was on the dance society, entering competitions, choreographing, learning as much as I could and doing dance classes in Nottingham city center as well with the locals that like taught all the like foundations of hip hop and commercial dance and stuff. So, um, yeah, I basically focused all my attention on the dancing side of things really when I was at uni, my uni mates were like, where do you go at like six o'clock and you come back at nine, like every day I'm like, I'm going to dance class in center in central Nottingham. Um, and so, yeah, that was my playing catch up, like I said to you before. Uh, so so, so yeah. would, you, would you say your main benefit from uni then was it would, is that actually the, the more the skills rather than the qualification, like the life skills and, and the skills that you've picked up in film? Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever had an opportunity that's come past your like, successful um, winding career thus far that you've needed a degree in? Mate, I think you ask anyone that has a degree that isn't specific to what they do now and they go, I've never used my degree for anything. <laughs> I think you ask anyone that did like a psychology degree and now works at Deloitte in central London and, yeah, and you're like, uh, do you use psychology? And they're like, well, no, not really. But yeah, day-to-day -day life skills. That job at least to, in Deloitte, you needed a degree to get the job. You need a degree to get the job. So it's on paper, you need the degree, but do you use do you the degree? Any, do you ever need your degree? You didn't need your degree yet, but didn't no, you? No, I definitely didn't need my degree. <laughs> well, that's, not me, that's not me uh, bad-mouthing higher education at all. No. Right? no it's really interesting, isn't it? And, and, and what the point I'm trying to make from that is some of the, the skills that you learn, whether it's like, you know, you mentioned your social skills, your people skills with, with, and having that um, common interest and, and also, you know, probably work ethic and... And, and see and seeing themes of how things can link to each other sometimes just as important than the qualification itself yeah like you said as well the life skills the social skills just like you're still a kid mate you're 18 when you go to uni it's just so happens that in the uk you can start drinking so it's just like yeah. the, mate the wheels are off and it's just let's just go it's it's pretty intense um and yeah, I'm probably, just, I'm probably just justifying the fact that I don't have a degree. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have a degree, and I went to I went to left home at 16 as well. Yeah. So that was even that was even crazy. Wow, I think your options are just slightly more open if you go and do a traditional degree at a university in terms of like the breadth of what you can apply for when you leave uni is great. But you go to dance college and you come out of it and you don't want to be a dancer or an actor or a performer. I feel like that makes it sound like you're almost back to back to square one or like are you i don't know like what, what's your point of view on that regarding uh, do you know people that did dance college and then came out and was like i don't want to be a dancer i hate this yeah my yeah. point of view is that people think that 
I agree with you. I think that people mm-hmm. do think that they're back to square one if they don't want to do it. And a lot of people, you know, they spend spend three years training in a certain industry. Um, it's very practical, physical based, um, and you're not set up potentially with the tools of the mindset tools that you need because fifty percent of the industry is like having, you know, gumption and drive and determination because you're going to get um, rejected a lot and you're going to be yeah going to be judged on how you look physically and uh, there's all these things that like come into the umbrella of probably maintaining your mental health as well as like um doing these industries so a lot of people like quit after like three or four months if they have no success understand understandably so like yeah um, if, if you if you're not understanding it or you just don't de- like dealing with rejection which understandably why would you um but i think i think yeah so i think to answer your question i think that people think that they're back to square one but the skills that you have and learn from being a a dancer performer in these industries are like people are crying out for them in in, in, i always use like prop i've done like property training before and do a little bit of investing in property like if you go to these courses and people really certain people really stand out and get involved with networking and help other people out and, you know, bring people together and really thrive in the people and human environment. Mm. Dancers and people like that absolutely kill it. Like, honestly, I think they've got so many skills to be worthwhile to like the big businesses should be calling upon creatives. And I think there's been lots of examples within industries that people have gone that had to unfortunately go and do something different. And yeah. Like, like you know they start they started at the beginning of lockdown one and they probably got two promotions by now in in tesco or something like that they're like the the manager yeah. manager of customer service <laughs> like that. Like, yeah. definitely, you know got skills to accelerate in life now so I, I just think it's always best you know you're always meant to you're always where you're meant to be uh i think do i okay. think do I think that? I'm not, I'm not sure. Do you think that? <laughs> yeah, I said that out loud and I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think that uh, dancers, performers, people that like, especially go to performing arts school, I think there's a, uh, an, an ability to adapt under pressure situations, but also an ability to adapt uh, to your surroundings. So yeah, like you said, if people are brought into even like, you know, places where higher education can take you, but potentially doing a dance degree won't take you, the dancer would thrive under the social pressures of being in that situation. Whereas the guy that's had his head in his books for the last three years doing a higher education, a uni degree, who then is thrust into this, you know, fast paced, like, you know, world of recruitment or whatever it is, they buckle like quite often. So yeah, I think I agree with you that, yeah, Yeah, dancers are valuable to us. Like all your, all your failures and everything, um, Wherever you are in life, all the things that have come before it have got you to where you where you are right now. Yeah, try and round that off to make sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think that's weird. Actually, for me now, circling back to the gaming industry, I do my first gig as a host in the gaming industry and turn up, and all these guys are like stood around a table eating. Don't know why there weren't any chairs. It was a little bit weird uh a canteen sort of kind of situation in poland no one everyone spoke broken english and i just walked straight over and put my drink down and was like how's everyone doing everyone okay trying to kind of integrate myself just because i knew no people and i knew that they were all in the gallery like uh, behind the desks you know like 
they were the showrunners, they were the producers, they were, you know, head of head of graphics and sound engineers and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, and they all froze up. And I was like, I'm the fish out of water here. Like, I'm trying to have some sort of I'm I'm Barney, I'm the new host. Like, how's it going? And then obviously eventually it kind of that happened, but uh, the integration did happen, but that initial week was just like that was painful because they're such introverts. They're the guys that have been in front of a screen for 10 years, you know, developing games or publishing or yeah, whatever it is, graphic design for the games. Yeah. Which is like that that's that's the hard thing, isn't it? When when it when in any social situation with it, when integrating, like how how do you how do you be sensitive to someone else's, you know, social skills when you don't know yeah. them yet? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like that's it. You're always going to get thrown in with people you don't know. And, and sometimes you might be able to avoid it if you really don't like it. But, you know, people are on, have, have different comfortability with, uh, you know, social interaction. Yeah, easy, easing them in in a one-to-one situation is the best because I did that. I was actually thinking back. I remember now that table of that table of guys who were all very kind of taken back when I came over and said, "Hey." Aside from the fact that they had to try and muster up some kind of English response because they were yeah. all speaking in Polish very quickly to each other, I went over to the coffee machine, pouring myself a coffee, and another like, another day, like three days later, and one of them I could feel him like lingering around. He was lingering and was just like stirring his tea, and I was like, "You're right." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm good." And then suddenly, boom, he was in, was engaging in conversation. And I was like, "Okay, so getting through that barrier." It was he. He wanted to muster up the kind of in, to initiate the conversation, and then it was it was off to the races with the you know mm. with the conversation, which was great. So, so would you say you do feel comfortable meeting new people, and you you are more of an extrovert in that sense? I mean, yeah, I feel like you have to be in the situation that you're in as like a host that everyone expects you to be as well. So that's like the number one thing is it's on you to be that guy that everyone that's approachable and everyone can come to you for any adaptations in the show. Oh, we're actually going to do this instead of this. You've got to be approachable from day one. Otherwise they feel like they can't tell you that something's going to change or what do you want for lunch? Or it's silly things that all uh, kind of reflect on how you are as a person or what you're like as a person. So yeah, I feel like I'm extrovert. You know, we've worked together. Can't get me to shut yeah, up. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm a good friend of mine as well. But I, <laughs> I have to ask these questions to make you think, and also for people to hear the answers. But um, yeah. do you um, do you ever feel pressure at work to, you know, be like that all the time, even if you're not like, I don't if know, you're not feeling it one day or something? Yeah, if you're not feeling like your extrovert battery, I've heard that 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 term <laughs> coined or said before and you know yeah you can't feel social all the time and that's when things potentially go wrong when you're like forcing it or faking it um you feel like you you feel like you have to be at work because it's your job and because that's kind of the role that you're playing yeah i think that the fortunate thing about let's say hosting is that um you can like speaking is your job so if you feel like not talking, you can kind of hint to the fact that I'm saving it for the show because I don't feel like like waffling right now uh, and then getting on and then getting on set and then having to waffle for another four hours. That's tough in itself. Um, 
And there's, a, fortunately, from my experiences so far, it might change in the future, I don't know. Fortunately, there's so much to do before a show. You can make yourself busy and go, if, I, if it's essential, I'll happily come and, and talk to you about it if it's something about the show. But if it's not about the show, I need to focus. And not in a, you know, in a kind of get away from me kind of manner. But just, it's, a, it's about how you do it. You can so easily say to someone that I'm really sorry, but I've really got to focus. And, as opposed to, you know, throw the coffee at them. Get that, get out. <laughs> Play the yeah. Tom Cruise. Oh man, did you, oh, did you see the mask thing? Did you hear the mask thing? The audio about people not wearing masks on, in the latest Mission Impossible movie. Oh, yes. um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that switching off the extrovert, like, Thing. I mean, yesterday I did a Twitch stream for Clash of Clans and it was three and a half hours long. And afterwards I was like, it was just like drain. I, I literally, I couldn't move. I was just sat on this chair for a while and yeah, couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. But for you, do you feel like, cause let's say that you're maybe slightly less of an extrovert than myself in terms of, you know, a hundred percent, you you can dial it in and out. I, I kind of, my dials, the, the glass is smashed and the dial's doing that. <laughs> For you, do you yes. feel like if you need to turn it on, like you, you can switch it on, but if someone requires it to be on and you're not there, can you find it or do you have to go compose, come back? Um, good, good question. And this is the, the presenter and the host and you can't help but fire, fire some good questions back. First of all, just from what you said, I thought um, I'm yeah. going to answer that question, but also just I think it's really impressive that you found ways to, you know, not have to be like that potentially, not feel pressure of to be fake, but also taking other people's sensitive sensitivity into consider, consideration. You know, like you don't. It's not about you, right? It's not about you right now. Not that I don't want to, or like <laughs> I've just got to do something for me, but also. I can use my environment to my advantage and, uh, and yeah. yeah, it's, it's really, really impressive. always before and going into the industry as a dancer, model, whatever it was, my mum had a little bit of experience in the industry. She modeled, I think until she was like 19, 20. Um, and she just was like, it just pays to just, it pays to be a nice person. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But you know, having the tools and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, but if it's between, you and two other guys that for the job and you're pretty much the same ability at what you do or you're pretty much the same look because let's face it the modeling industry is as fickle as it comes they're going to pick the person that they think they're going to get along with the most or the person that they get along with the most so it pays to be a nice person and i was like okay yeah, i get it and so it doesn't mean that i'm being fake about being a nice person <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no i was no, it's interesting. That, that advice has obviously stuck with you and served you well during your career. Because I remember you, you, I remember you told me that exact same advice the first time we were on mental. Um, yeah. So that must have stuck with you. Your question to me was: Do I ever? Do I find it hard if an extrovert um, if quality is required? If they yeah. need extrovert, Elliot, and you're just not feeling it, can you just go right? Da or is it a, yeah. I think, if, if I'm honest, I think I make a point not to. Because I used to. Because obviously from being a, being a performer, being a dancer, no matter how you feel, the, the saying is the show must go on, right? You have to get on stage. You have to give you 100%. 
you're a you're a product you're there to do a show you know so this is where the lines blur isn't it so once you're on the show doing the performance obviously it has to be but do you need it in rehearsal process do you need to be a good person to be around all the time like that's where the, the blur but if it ever if it ever happens to me now like i teach cycling classes and you know to be the coach you want to be motivational you yeah. want to lead by example um but days that i go into work sometimes being the, being the coach not feeling great i try and use i try and find compromise so i, I try to lift myself for other people if i don't feel like it but i also try and um as a point, not lift it up to a fake level, do it with an authentic um and and, and share and share how I'm feeling. So yeah. I, I just I just try and communicate in, in in a situation where somebody requires it of me, even if it's someone like a hierarchy above me, I will try my best to articulate how I'm feeling that's not gonna make them feel uncomfortable and not sound like an excuse. Okay. Yeah. Make it not sound like an excuse is a good one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, oh, I can't do that. I really can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't be honest because I'm feeling sad. Um, no, but yeah, no, just just be honest. And, and since I made an effort to do that, it, it's always been found, you know, on honesty and communication with how you're feeling. There's always been, I'm always surprised by how positive everyone responds to it. Like, like it's like it's refreshing. And, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's what I stand by anyway. Op- openness is what I stand by in nearly all situations. You know, don't blur out stuff that's on your mind because you feel like you have, yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to filter with it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think yeah, honesty. Yeah, it's definitely appreciated across the board because, and you can say to someone, "Look, I'm just like I'm good. I'm just not really feeling it today." Or like I've had that on jobs where like maybe producers come up and gone everything okay today like you seem a bit off or you seem a bit down and it's like no i'm fine i'm just you know i'm just drained like it's day three it's the final we've had all the rehearsals and we've had all of the you know quarterfinals semi-finals and each day has been six hours live and i'm just drained and they're like okay cool we'll get you some red bull coffee whatever you need let's go and it's when you're there when you're on stage or whatever like you like you're going on for a show it's fine. Like it just clicks. You just find it somehow and you just go. But then, yeah, it's the before and after. Well, it's before and after, however, as what you're actually judged on, I think, as a person by your surroundings, by the production team. And it's not. And the funny thing is, it's actually about getting on with everyone. It's not just about getting on with the person that hires you. Is it people, you, people underestimate how much people talk on set and in jobs, even the runners. Like that runner is going to become a director one day and you being a knobhead to him in five years time when you try and get that job and he's the director, he'll remember you. Yeah. So just, you know, if you're having a shite day, suck it up and just. <laughs> you know no, we don't mean that. I don't mean that. <laughs> if you're having a shit day, suck it up. But it's a very interesting point. It's like, I can tell it's hard to explain it, isn't it? You have to, you do have to be pleasant to everyone. But the way, that you can be, the way that you can be pleasant to everyone is by being open and honest, I think. Because because I've heard that a lot of times, you know, in social situations or in workplaces and stuff, people tend to complain when they find other people inconsistent. Yeah. If, 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 to my knowledge, I definitely am. 
I don't know about you. You said that you, you don't tend to be as inconsistent, but I, I feel inconsistent when I'm true to my own emotions and, mm-hmm. and, and, and stuff. Like I'm not always the same level of Elliot, you know, or whatever that is. Um, sure. But if you, if you deal it with, if you deal with that with honesty uh, and not overshare, but tell people who you're interacting with why, or if they seem taken aback by you being different, then you explain is always going to do well, do better because people then think, Oh, it's me. People sometimes take it personally, you know, that's that if you're empathetic, you never want somebody to take it personally. It's just about what you're going through, what you're dealing with. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that that's something that I maybe uh, struggled with at the beginning of my career in the dancing and then slowly starting to work in the modeling industry was there was inconsistency of me trying to be the, Hey, yeah, everything's cool. Uh, Great. Uh, I'm new to the dance industry, so don't hate me. And then when you, (laughs) (laughs) but then you, you know, develop and you feel like, Oh, everyone's actually more comfortable if I'm just me and everyone's not this. Oh God. Should have seen me when I got Britain's got talent as a dancer. Oh my God. I've never been so happy and so annoying on a job in my life oh my i just like i could sense it i was like i'm way i'm either way too much or i'm just way too happy to be here because it was everyone else's third fourth fifth time on the gig yeah this is like clockwork easy peasy and i'm just there like this is amazing and everyone's like who who brought you know who brought the joker um yeah yeah. i think i think there's two definitely two sides to that though isn't it it's like obviously they people in that situation should be empathetic with your excitement and, and it should be inspiring to like, okay, this is, we should be grateful <laughs> for what we're doing. And it, it is a really sure. good place to be. Yeah. As well that's as, how I felt. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, as well as then the other side of the story is, am I being too much for people as well? So there's, there's, exactly. yeah. there's, there's two sides of it, but um, I think there's always that element of trying that, that I think that's obviously probably what you found. And I found it so much that people, People respond better to it, or at least the people who you want around you respond better to it if you're your authentic self, right? If you're just like actually comfortable with being you, and that takes time. And especially, yeah. I feel I don't want to generalize, but as a as a man, I feel like it takes time to grow into being comfortable with yourself and not seeking sure. approval or having different interests. You know, like not all not all dancers are into playing Clash of Clans, to for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah, of course. And your interests haven't changed that much. You you probably wouldn't lead with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. But no, maybe you would. You would be, and people would find it interesting that you have different interests and stuff. You know. Yeah. So you just like. There's a balance, like with everything, isn't there? Like, don't lead with like the craziest thing about yourself when you're opening up a conversation with someone that you don't know. But then again, stay true to who you are and don't try and you know pull uh, pull wool over their eyes to make them think that you're something that you're not. And I think that that was something that I struggled with at the beginning, thinking. Uh, I don't really think too many people are warming to me. Maybe it's just because they don't know me or maybe it's because I've come on too strong um, because I'm literally just like so excited to even just be, you know, being paid to dance. And and like I only really found this passion a little bit later in life, whereas other people have kind of been doing it since, you know, since they were five, six or whatever and entering tournaments, competitions, going to class. You've got to think about all that excitement and enjoyment that everyone was getting from the age of like five and cram that in three years and that's kind of what i was experiencing uh, and that's how that's how i felt and i feel 
very fortunate that I was able to do that because I think a lot of people consider starting dancing that late is too late. Um, so I felt, yeah, fortunate that that happened. But yeah, and staying true to myself from, okay, take for instance, like with Joe Hunt, like I think I was very, like a mutual friend of ours who I'm sure a few people are watching know about as well. We, I think we were fortunate. I think that we wouldn't have been as close friends. Right? This is if Joe's around or if we speak to him after, he might disagree with this. This is my point of view, but I feel like we, the first job we to get, did together, it was just me and him. So we got to kind of be our truest selves from day dot because it was like there's no one else around to judge. We could just have a laugh and enjoy the And the job was really fun. We literally got to go to a theme park for a whole day and film music videos. So it was really fun. Um, and we kind of connected on that. Now, I thought, like, if we'd have met in, like, a larger group of, like, laddie dancers or something like that, I don't feel like the, the friendship would have developed so quickly so early on as it did. Much like anyone else, you put in a room with someone, you're going to connect with them more because there's no one else to interact with. But, uh, yeah, I think that having a one-to-one uh, and like knowing someone over like the course of a dance job that maybe is longer than a few days allows people to really like settle and kind of understand you yeah. as a person. Because you meet me for one day and it's like this dude is needs to drink less Red Bull and he's just <laughs> cut down the caffeine. Well, it's the producers have given it to you. Apparently, that's what you said. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. Um, so yeah, man. I, I but I love you know the people that you know I can call friends in the industry and stuff and and. Uh, Unfortunately, the circumstance right now means that everyone's super separated and I'm a, you know, a social, a social person, like a social animal. So, um, <laughs> so that's, been particular, that's been particularly hard, uh, not being able to kind of see people and interact and stuff. So feeling like enclosed, uh, and yes. you know, Groundhog Day has just not been that fun, but how's it, no. how's it been for you? Oh, speak of the devil. Jim was Joe's just, uh, just joined. He? He, missed, he missed an endorsement story about himself. Um, yeah. Um, I, well, first of all, I think, you know, just to round off that, that subject of what you said, um, I think it's really, it's nice in hindsight to, to have that awareness, you know, to be able to think about those things and, and, and really weigh them up. Um, you, do you think, you know, you have, you're having this, like, uh, what do you call it? You know, like when you're playing tennis, and you're yeah. like serve it, serving, you have like a, a process model loop that you tip, you do little changes to yeah. make sure you get your serve better and better. Um, you, you seemed like at that point in time, you were doing it socially as well. So you were like tweaking yeah. how you were yeah. for, for a, approval. Do you think that was mainly social or were you more, were you more, more worried about, was the drive more to be employed and, and, and for, for success in career? Like what was the balance in your side of things? Um, I think that's a tough question because that's actually so relevant on both sides. Nice one. Um, I feel like initially it was career driven, tweaking because you, I became very aware very quickly that everyone talked and that the people, um, the people that were getting hired regularly on let's say jobs that I felt like I was suitable for jobs that were, you know, the ones that I was hearing about and stuff all uh, naturally, uh, you know, tended to be friends. Everyone was like, you know, 
you know, oh, let's just employ this group of people because I know them or I've worked with them or, or we know that they can do the gig and, you know, we're all chummy and stuff like that. And there's very little wiggle room for hiring new dancers unless you have a rapport with, like, the choreographer or the person booking the job. It's, I feel, that's how I felt going into it. Mm-hmm. And so when you do get on those jobs, you feel a little bit forced to, um, to be able to... Uh, interact on a positive uh, on a positive level with your peers that are the ones especially the ones that get hired all the time or the, are the regulars or that are maybe the, a generation above you that have a lot of influence on the industry because if you're good at what you do like you don't mess up and you're a good dancer but then you get along with them they'll go oh, i'll just hire him again it's so much word of mouth in the dance industry that there's this weird uh there's this weird tension to be liked that was I, I felt that quite strongly, and I think that that actually had a negative effect on me because obviously you know when you try and be liked, you push people further and further away, one hundred percent. So uh, there was yeah the social aspect came after when you know bookings were a little bit more regular. Uh, maybe I was working a little bit more, and it was like, oh, I could see us like being friends, or oh, you know these people seem like good people, but. I don't know how often I'm going to get booked on these jobs or get a chance to interact with these people. So maybe you feel a little bit forced to try and be, be friendly with them or, or, you know, try and try and develop some sort of connection or do you want to go for a beer after or something like that? I don't know. That was, that was a, a little bit of a, that was like something that came off the back of that. I found myself working a lot in Germany as well. So that was a little bit weird because I didn't really work with a lot of UK dancers. Uh, for quite a large chunk of my dance career. And so that felt a little bit lonely, man. Like you had go and you, you'd go and work in like a German show and no one's really speaking English. Everyone's kind of going off and having lunch in their little group. And it's, it can be a lonely industry as well, man. Like it's, you get to travel loads, you get to do loads of cool things and you get to, you know, you're getting paid to jet set, let's call it jet set, Ryanair set. Um, and, and then, yeah, you're, kind of you're quite alone i really get that because i mean i've been i know exactly what those social situations are like it can be quite difficult quite uh, clicky and you know an extension of things that potentially you've moved away from or grown out of uh, in in school but or those more developmental years but you can't help but once thrown into it like you said react sometimes when you try and like um try too hard or you try and um acquaint yourself with people that, that that can sometimes push them away it's like a natural reaction so it's a really difficult mm-hmm. one how have you found in comparison like a lot of the people you're probably interacting now come from you know just to round everything up and to connect it together yeah with people in this new industry the gaming industry which is more introverted maybe as a general as a general rule are you making good and strong connections and feel like you settled in earlier, quicker, same things um, arose? Or how, how, are you, how are you finding it now? Weirdly enough, like the, the gaming industry uh, as a, oh, I don't know, what, how would you say it? Not, not as a performer, but as a, you fall under the category of talent, under the talent, which, which is like pro players, YouTubers, streamers, you know, presenters, casters, like commentators and things like that. You're, you're all under that talent bracket yeah um popularity rules the roost 
So whoever's got the most followers tends to have the most people, you know, lingering around them, which is kind of like like rule of thumb in celebrity world, I think, as well. You know, if they're all kind of doing their thing. I actually feel like I can be myself because there isn't pressure to strive to be anywhere other than where I am right now in terms of like hosting is what I want to do. I'm not having hosting isn't a stepping stone onto something else. Not that honestly, not that I would actually use, you know, where I am in terms of career path and then be something that I'm not to try and get to a better position. It's more just so I feel like I can just be myself and, and I'm actually finding people gravitating towards me a little bit more because I'm just like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And I'm not talent only mate. Did you not see the sign on the door? So, and I, you meet people like that. And weirdly enough, the gaming industry is such a young industry that is full of cowboys, full of people that don't really know how to navigate these social situations. And when you're so popular in terms of, let's say there's a YouTuber that has a million subscribers that's like at an event, they don't know how to navigate the situation. Like they don't know. So they're, shut up, Jim and Joe. Uh, They don't know uh, how to navigate the situation of the popularity that they have. So they, it's a really, really dangerous wire they tread. Because they, they either go on the, oh my God, I'm so popular. Like, I didn't even need to be here. Like, I should have actually asked for more money to be here. But you know what? It doesn't matter anyway. Like, the, I've met that. And then you meet the same kind of person that's actually gone, stepped on the other side. And they're like, I actually honestly can't believe that I've been asked to do this and I'm getting paid to be here. Like, this is absolutely amazing. And I'm like, yeah, because you love gaming and you're not falling into your own popularity whirlpool. And it's a tough industry and everyone is very young. And so I am almost uh, a, granddad. I, a, a granddad, mate. Oh, my days. Like me nearly being 30, people are like, you're nearly 30. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm nearly 30. Jesus. Um, and yeah, very young industry, very, uh, governed and uh, led by very young people. So. Um, that's why you're seeing a lot of large companies now taking control, taking the reins, and esports is now following suit of traditional sports because they try to do it their way. It's not really working, so they're going to try and do it the traditional sports way and see how it goes. That's kind of what's happening right now. Um, that's, so, really, yeah. that's really interesting. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of some of the points we've made already about you know people starting from their bedroom is where most people start with YouTubers, streamers. So not so it doesn't really induce itself to having great social skills and having some great success. Yeah, exactly. You know, the nature of the nature of the beast. So um yeah. Th- and because people are young, they haven't maybe had the life experience to grow. I'm not obviously not but just just the themes that you see. I'm not bad man. I don't know any professional gamers, you know. Um it's it's a weird one. I, I I hosted I was hosting a stage at like an expo in a gaming thing, and this guy turned up, and they were like, "Cool, so you're just going to interview this guy really briefly for like for uh, half an hour, get him on stage, and then we'll let him leave and all this kind of stuff." And I was like, "Okay." So this guy turns up, Irish, never met him before in my life, never seen him before in my life, and he turned up backstage. I was like, "How's it going? Nice to meet you. So what do you do? Oh, I'm a YouTuber. I play Minecraft and I do these kinds of videos. I'm a little bit nervous. So like, what questions are you going to ask me?" And I was like, "I'm going to be super generic, honestly, because I have no idea who you are. So let's just roll with like, uh, um, 
you know, what you do, da, 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 and then I'll literally ask you three questions and I'll open it up to the floor and then the people that are out there can ask you. And we had seating for like 200 people. There was like 10,000 people there fighting to get as close to the stage. And the stage was like half a meter off the floor. It's like that. It was like a step up. So literally, if, if one kid wanted to rush the stage, he could have. And I didn't know who this guy was. And obviously, he's just like you know, 8 million subscribers on YouTube. Really down-to-earth guy. I thought he was really cool. And just a sea of crazed people. So that was really nice to see that because he literally lives at home and has this YouTube channel. And he doesn't know the impact that he has on the world. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. know because he's just from a tiny little uh, like area of Ireland. So that was a really nice experience and like really humbling to see him like <laughs> deer in headlights. And then I was like, it's okay, man. It's okay. So like, what's your name? How old are you? <laughs> and yeah, then I, yeah. yeah, it was amazing. So, um, I love cool it. Yeah. yeah. And you, you, you could kind of, uh, dis almost disarm him and reassure him at the same time. It's really cool. Yeah. I think dancing has been my like, passion for like was my passion like number one passion ever since i saw wade robson project on mtv when i was younger that's what made me want to dance uh and then being able to do that and then my my passion adapting slowly into stuff like hosting and streaming and gaming and stuff mm. uh, i've been fortunate enough to have both of those as a career path so that's been like my yeah massively um pleased that i've been able to do that and that the gaming industry is still going um, in lockdown, like we're so so lucky. I feel really fortunate that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's any, any, anything that can be anchored from from doing it any time, any place, not needing to go out is, is yeah. obviously a future proof industry in in the, yeah. in the times that we're at. I, I just want to make sure before we, we wrap things up. Sure, I did. I was actually listening properly, but there's just so much good stuff you were talking about. <laughs> you said and um, that you were finding it a little bit hard. Feel feel a little bit like locked up in cage you would be nice and honest and i think you, you posed the same question to me really if i was if i was feeling the same way um but yeah of course i think I, definitely i think a lot of people do and it's hard because you know if we use that example of the sort of extrovert battery yeah i think i feel like there's two there's two sides of it isn't it there's you're either extra, yours is supercharged, ready to just like need stimulation and need to be like around people. Or also there's that habitual thing where you get into the habit of not seeing people and it mm. can be a bit overwhelming as well. So there's yeah. like, and I feel like it's more and more prevalent to me in my life now that you can be more than one thing at the same time and have like, <laughs> have these opposing yeah. views and, and be a walking, um, you know, be a walking contradiction. Um, yeah, I've had to explain sorry. this to Jamie a few times as well because uh, I am a, obviously a, quite a sociable person, and so, um, but I'm also super comfortable at home, and not going out actually doesn't really bother me that much. <laughs> I'm happy to just be at home and relax, and and uh, because all the social uh, needs of mine are um, are fulfilled by going on video games with my mates in the evenings and just like chatting catching up kind of like we're at the pub having a conversation over a beer just not face to face but i'm wearing these i got this and i'm just chatting away <laughs> for a couple of hours and jamie's like you don't go out and you don't and i'm like if you got understand i'm socializing every evening and if you're at home unless you're on the phone to someone you're not getting that same social stimulus as i'm getting 
by playing games, which is weird how people call gamers antisocial when actually they're probably the most social people. Well, I think I think I, I think I implied that during this stream actually maybe by accident um yeah. through the examples that i made but yeah you're right and and also like people make real friendships right they game together for years and they've never yeah. met like live at the other side yeah. of the world you see all these like memes or stories about people actually meeting for the first time game abroad <laughs> or something like that it's like yeah God, you look, it's you look wholesome good. isn't it it's a wholesome yeah. industry because yeah uh, everyone associates gamer automatically you know introvert stays at home, doesn't go out and socialize. And so isn't it funny that like two people meeting for the first time in the gaming industry is like, whoa! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is like that. It is like that, weirdly. So um, uh, yeah, um, definitely uh, going to keep pursuing it. And this year, I think uh, last year, sorry, so yeah, 2019, I was like, my goal, my ambition for this year is to get an esports contract. And then that happened in the middle of December by getting Clash of Clans. And then I did Clash for a year. And then this year, goals to have two by the end of the year. Still on none, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, goal is to have two by the end of the year. So we'll, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Thank you so much, mate. Well, it looks like you're on the right path to success Thanks. anyway. Oh, that's uh, it, man. It's always good to see what you're doing. You're always loving- up to Loving mental health as well, man. This has been amazing. I'm really proud that you've managed to keep this up and keep it going for the length of time that you have. And it's helped a lot of people, you can tell, as well as probably yourself. Some days I feel like you, yeah, I remember us texting sometimes and you being like, I feel like I'm going to start having a day off. <laughs> All this emotional dump of energy every day. I feel like it's getting to me a little bit now. Um, yeah. And so it's great to see you like, you know, adapting with it as well and, you know, cross-platforming it now. And so obviously any way that we can help, mate, just give me a shout. I'm happy to. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for your support, time, energy, honesty. Uh, Really enjoyed the stream um, this evening and it just went really well. I didn't really know what we were going to chat about, where it was going to go, but um, it's lovely. But yeah, um, I think I found, got myself into a, hopefully, a groove now you know like two two shows a week um and like i said cross platforms and try and be more efficient with it less less streaming time but more reach hopefully that's that's yeah. the fact yeah exactly and uh yeah don't lose out on hope on this kind of stuff because you know the streaming side on like twitch and everything like that it's just trust me i can say from from experience it's a slow grind but keep doing it I promise you to keep doing it Okay. Thanks, mate. Thanks for that encouragement. I, I will. I will. I will keep doing it. And that is it. It's consistency is key, right? With a lot of things. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, consistency is key, and you are obviously putting a lot of time and effort into all of this as well. And I mean, just look at the Twitch stream, mate. It's just fantastic. All these overlays, they look great. I was worried that you were going to be like, I'm going to do Twitch, and I was like, okay, do you, but do you know what you're doing? Like, are you using the right software? <laughs> and you were like, I think I am. I was like, oh god. <laughs> but it looks great man i'm really pleasantly surprised that's good thanks uh, man. Awesome. thanks man um right yeah um thank you everyone for joining on the live insta live people who have joined on, on the other platforms and uh yeah i will see you all on thursday 9 p.m if not next monday for our next guest barney legend pleasure. thanks awesome. for having me buddy bye man see you soon mate nice one join us at mental health exploring how openness can lead to progress.